Beyond Meat strikes again the 7-7 seven and seven sync program and meet a special little bow rider. Crew, y'all know the rest. Let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up. I'm your host and producer, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. A big thank you goes out to our partners, the American Semental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Ranch House Coffee, RFD TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. She's chomping at the bit to come in on uh, Ranch It Up again. My fiance Rebecca Warner, come on in. Hey, everybody. You have a news story. Is that? Uh, hold on, let me. Ah, this one got you all wound up, and you wanted to. Yes, it did. I was, okay. I was sitting here going, I want to talk about this one. Okay, I tell you what, can let's go through our sponsor first, shall we? Since they pay for the, for the darn thing, then we'll move into the news. Today's Cow Country News is brought to us by Wrangler. Wrangler, it's the official shirt and jean endorsed by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Cow Country News, you know, the cow stuff. A while back, we tried the Impossible Burger, that uh, plant-based burger. Anyway, we did this right here live on the show. It was awful. Yeah, it was I, bad. We tried to be nice about it. I don't want to say nice, but I tried to be, what's the word, objective? Is that? Uh, we tried. Objective. We subject. gave it our best. I tried to be open, I guess, and it was awful. Yes, and, and after that, I mean, you've heard us do several news stories, and there's been others that have come out with some plant-based protein substitutes that we have murmured about. Well, this next one you're going to see is why it's kind of a burr under my saddle. We'll put it that way. You're, you're, you're actually being very nice about this. I don't mean to embarrass <laughs> I, you, but I was a little this, worked was, up yeah, earlier. this was not a burr. <laughs> Usually, I'm the one that gets real German real quick, real fast, and it was you were kind of wound up. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Grab your news story. Well, the company Beyond Meat is replacing its signature plant-based burger with a version designed to taste more like animal beef. Hey, here's what you do. Just put beef in it. Exactly. (laughs) The newest recipe, which will eventually replace the current product, removes mung beans, okay, a (laughs) protein-rich legume from the ingredient list and adds some vitamins and minerals to make the product taste meatier and more closely mirror the nutrients found in beef. Now, here, can I jump in for a second? Because here's something that I looked into was the all the different ingredients that went into the additives and preservatives that went into... Could you even pronounce the no, words? No, and, I, and I'm a, I consider myself an educated man. And all of the different preservatives that went in to making a, a, a plant-based protein burger that they're trying to add vitamins and minerals, and it just doesn't work. Just use beef. Thank you. All right, back to the article. Sorry. In January, Beyond announced... Now I'm wound up. Now you got a burr under my saddle now, too. Go ahead, dear. In January, Beyond Meat announced a deal with PepsiCo to jointly develop and distribute snacks and drinks made with the plant-based protein. And then in February... The company announced two separate partnerships, one with McDonald's and one with Yum Brands. The McDonald's deal was an expansion of a previous partnership launched in 2020, which included the creation of the McPlant, a traditional McDonald's-style burger made with the plant-based patty. Again, what's wrong with beef? Beyond is working with Yum to develop plant-based menu items for Yum's restaurants, including 
KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. And we've heard this, that that was coming down the pike. I, I remember... brought this up to you mm-hmm. when you did, when we've done some of the last articles or news that you related. I brought this up. And if I may add, May is Beef Month. That is, everybody. So I encourage everyone to fire up the grills, the griddles, whatever it takes. Eat beef, eat meat. Our Way Em Up Sale Barn Report is brought to you by Downtown Threads Oklahoma. I've got Beck working on the swag as we speak. I heard that. A summary from the sales in New Mexico is where we're heading. The feeder cattle, the steers that they called Two to four dollars lower, by the way. On the steers, the flyweights in New Mexico, four to four and a half weights at a dollar sixty to a dollar ninety-eight. Four and a half to five weights at a dollar fifty-nine to a dollar ninety. Five to five and a half weights at a dollar fifty-six to a dollar seventy-seven. Five and a half to six weights at a dollar fifty-two to a dollar seventy. For the heifers, the flyweights in New Mexico last week, four to four thirty weights at a dollar fifty-eight to a dollar sixty-six. Four and a half to five weights at a dollar forty-one to a dollar fifty-six. Five to five and a half weights at a dollar thirty-five to a dollar fifty, and then five and a half to six weights at a dollar thirty to a dollar thirty-nine and a half. For the way-up cows, they called them fifty to seventy-two. The way-up bulls, they called them sixty-nine to a dollar four. The cow-calf pairs under eight years of age, depending upon the age of their calves, of course, at $735 to $1,200 a pair. From rodeos to cattle sales to conventions, they're open all across the land. Tigger Tour 21. The Tigger Tour is proudly sponsored by Medora Boot and Western Wear. Just jump online to medoraboot.com. The 2021 Florida Ruminant Nutrition Symposium will take place from May 12th through the 14th. Because of the pandemic, the event, which is typically held in February in Gainesville, Florida, will be offered in a virtual format. The symposium is recognized as one of the premier conferences for gathering the latest information about advances in nutrition of dairy and beef cattle. The symposium is designed for people who want to acquire current knowledge of diet formulation and nutritional management of dairy and beef cattle to improve efficiency of nutrient utilization and animal production, health, and reproduction. For more information, type in Florida Ruminant Nutritional Symposium into your web search, and you'll find it. You can also search University of Florida Animal Science. It's going to pop up in your search engine. And if nothing else, just give us a holler, and we'll get the information to you. Up next in the cattle battle, the 7 and 7 sync program. We'll be right back. Watch RFD TV anytime, anywhere on all your connected devices with RFD TV now. Simply go to watchrfdtv.com and sign up for just $9.99 a month or save more and pay just $89.99 for the year. You can begin streaming RFD TV live right away and have access to your favorite shows 24-7 on demand. Go to watchrfdtv.com, sign up, and start streaming today. Everyone asks me, Tigger, where do you get your boots? What do you look for in boots? Well, for me... It's customer service and American-made boots and tack. Medora Boot and Western Wear takes care of everything I need. You can shop online at MedoraBoot.com or follow along Facebook and Instagram. Give Medora Boot and Western Wear a call and tell them Tigger sent you. Medora Boot and Western Wear, making boots great again. Hashtag Tigger approved. 
Get seen, get noticed. Be part of the Ranch It Up crew with the all-new Ranch It Up gear from Downtown Threads, Oklahoma. Limited edition jackets, pullovers, caps, just to name a few. Head over to our Facebook page to see the latest or mosey on over to the website, ranchitupshow.com. As Tigger says, be part of the crew. Show your Ranch It Up pride and get your gear today. Stay ranchy and ranch it up. Y'all ask for swag, we're bringing swag. Today's Cattle Battle is brought to us by the American Semental Association and the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. Crew, it's free, it's fast to talk about it, been talking about it for years. Check it out. Let's get it on. Cattle Battle. Breeding season is here for many of us, and I have had several people reach out asking questions about the 7 and 7 Sync program how it works, and why. Now, to help answer this one, I have Dr. Jordan Thomas with me, assistant professor, beef cow-calf specialist at the University of Missouri. Jordan, thanks for heading down the rabbit hole with us on this one. We have to head into the weeds for a bit because reproduction and synchronization and various different protocols, they can get fairly complicated. Let's talk now about the 7 and 7 sync program. Walk us down this path. So the 7 and 7 sync protocol is a little bit different um, as an ester synchronization protocol because the very first step, the first time you handle cows, um, you're going to place a seeder, but you're going to give an injection of prostaglandin and F2 alpha. And so that would be a product like, you know, Ludolines or Estermate, one of those commercially available prostaglandin products that are always used in ester synchronization programs. But it's a little unusual to start a protocol with prostaglandin. And the reason that um, that happens in this protocol is we're trying to induce a, a certain type of response in cycling cows that prepares them well for the next step, which is that seven days later, um, we would administer GnRH. GnRH is also typically used in ester synchronization programs, but it doesn't have an incredibly consistent response across all of the cows, just simply based on where they're at in their estrus cycle. So by giving prostaglandin and placing a cedar on day zero of the protocol and then giving GnRH on day seven of the protocol, uh, we're able to generate a much more consistent group of cows in terms of you know, their response to the protocol moving forward. So then one week later, day 14, we would remove that cedar and give a final dose of prostaglandin and then um, perform a timed AI. Uh, three days later on day 17 at 66 hours after cedar removal, which is um, very similar to, you know, a, a time day I approach that one would use off a regular seven day co-sync plus cedar protocol, which, you know, most folks that are using estrus synchronization in beef cows are probably using that protocol. So this is very similar, but just involves that one additional um, trip through the chute or that one additional animal handling. Um, you know, seven days prior to the start of that typical protocol. So it's a 17-day long protocol, uh, four handlings of animals if we include time day I, and that would be prostaglandin and cedar insertion on day zero, GnRH on day seven, prostaglandin and cedar removal on day 14, and then time day I on day 17 at 66 hours. Success rate at this point, what are we looking at? We've had some really incredible results with this um, in the research that we have done. And so I always, I'm, I'm always cautious about telling people those results because of how good they are. And I think sometimes we have to moderate expectations, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I'll, I'll tell you what we, 
we have seen, and then we'll talk through about, you know, maybe what is actually going to get realized in the field. Expected, right, right. Okay. Sure. So what what we have seen is that we have increased the proportion of cows that actually express heat, that express behavioral standing estrus after that prostaglandin and cedar removal. And so the final step of the protocol before time to AI and, and up to the point of time to AI. Now that's really important because even though we're performing a time to AI program, there's a lot of literature about how cows or heifers that express estrus before AI that come in heat before the time of time to AI achieve much better pregnancy rates than those that do not. Now in, in our data with this protocol, um, we, we, we're in the, the mid to upper 80s in terms of the percentage of cows that actually expressed estrus either prior to fixed time AI or, or during the observation period before embryo transfer. We've done this with embryo transfer as well. And so those cows that express estrus are your high quality candidates for, for AI or for embryo transfer. And that's part of why we have seen the pregnancy rates that we've seen. And so with, with artificial insemination, um, we were at 72% with conventional semen or 52% with sex semen. And that was in comparison to our, our control group of the standard seven-day protocol that was at 61% with conventional semen or 44% with sex. So an improvement that was statistically significant in that case, um, pretty large data set over, over 1,500 cows and, and across multiple locations around the country. And so you know, you hear a 72% pregnancy rate with conventional semen and you get very excited. Um, and, and it is exciting. Um, but the only caution I would give is, you know, this, this improvement is, is seen in a group of cows that the control group was also in the 60s, right? And, and, and so if, if we are, um, if we're in a problem of animals, a group of cows that's thin or that uh, has a pretty extended length calving season, you know, there's, there are no magic bullets in this business of estrus synchronization. And so don't expect to go take a problem set of cows and all of a sudden get 72% pregnant, you know, to time AI. It doesn't really work that way. But what this does appear to be is a nice strategy to increase pregnancy rates to time AI in groups of cattle that are already doing pretty good, which is actually exciting in and of itself, is to take good and make it even, even better. Regardless of what type of program that we may be considering, it is very important, regardless, that cows are in good shape, they are nutritionally sound, they are in the body condition score where they need to be, or like you said, it doesn't matter what type of program that we use, our potential success rate could go down because of that. They need to be in the right shape to be able to breed back, period. Yeah, and I, I agree, and you know, a lot of that is... Um is not necessarily as expensive as it sounds. You know, I think sometimes right. we, we give some guidance about cow body condition and, and people hear that as, well, I gotta, you know, really have these crazy high feed costs associated with maintaining cow body condition and that's not gonna be profitable. And so I understand why people sometimes react the way they do to advice like that is, you know, it sounds expensive. Um, but, but frankly, a lot of what we can do um, with good reproductive management is begin to crank down the length of that calving season and, and shorten up that calving season over time, either by, you know, reducing the length of the breeding season or, or front loading that breeding season by achieving more early pregnancies with synchronization or, or by doing a pregnancy diagnosis and actually being a little strategic with our marketing decisions and selling some late bred cows. 
so that we don't keep you know calving on for for uh, weeks and weeks and weeks in the calving season. So if we if we begin to do that and get a more consistent group of animals to manage, not just in terms of how far they are postpartum at the start of their next breeding season, but also where they're at in terms of their nutritional requirements, you know, stage of production relative to, you know, forage quality. And um, we can actually achieve incredibly good nutritional management on cows, you know, with the forage base, just by getting that production system really a little better in sync. Um, and, and that may be a little bit of a weird pitch in terms of ester synchronization or reproductive management, but I really believe that, you know, if we, if we can generate more consistency in that cow group to, to better align with the nutrient in the environment, um, we can really achieve some, some good body condition scores and good breedback performance and, and, and all sorts of things that really drive profitability up without actually adding a lot of cost to that program. Dr. Jordan Thomas, Great to visit with you. We'll have more with Jordan on later episodes. One thing that he emphasized, and I think we need to chat more about, is using AI and extra synchronization as various management tools. He mentioned using it to shorten next year's calving season and how it creates opportunity to strategically market those late conceiving cows. Interesting. He says it's something to consider when analyzing the return on investment potential and opportunity. I am sensing a whole new conversation and an episode just around that. Thanks again, Jordan. Now, a market recap when we come back. Sold! 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 Want more dollars per head? Well, check this out. Sim Angus, I'll say it again, Sim Angus sired steer calves sold through Superior Livestock Auction last year earned more at sale time than all other calves for breeds with lots of 50 head or more. Kansas State University ran the data analysis of 394,900 heads sold last year through Superior Livestock. So, do you want low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential? Well, that is Simmental. More per head. Period. You asked for it, you got it. Watch the Cowboy Channel anytime, anywhere with the Cowboy Channel Plus. Live stream the Cowboy Channel or watch your favorite PRCA rodeos on demand. Classic PRCA rodeos added weekly. Get the Cowboy Channel Plus for only $9.99 a month or save 25% by signing up for a full year. Visit CowboyChannelPlus.com to sign up and start streaming today. Shaley Stewart, Cattle Market News and DTN. Shaley, I'm going to bring you into the conversation like this, which I'm going to try to be the words of optimism. We're moving <laughs> into the grilling season. So that should mean, should is the key word, that eventually is the other key word, that beef is the third key word, will go up. That's the fourth <laughs> word. So there you go. That's our market recap for today. So anything else you want to talk about, Shaley? In and out and done, and I like it. That's how we want to talk about it this week. But you're you're exactly right, my friend. And we are seeing that some sides of the market are seeing that continual consumer demand drive in price. 
you know, the, the simple essence that, you know, our folks want to be out on their back porches grilling and enjoying the vitamin D of the sun. Box beef prices are phenomenal right now, but not all sides of the market are necessarily in the same boat. Fat cattle were down one to two dollars lower last week. And if you're looking at the feeder cattle market, which I know a lot of folks are, which believe it or not, as we just turned the calendar over to May, turn the calendar over to June and you're already starting to see some of those big feeder cattle feeder cattle sales, excuse me, from Superior and Northern mm-hmm. on the calendar. So we've got about a month until some folks already are starting to market their feeder cattle. And, you know, there's not any real true feeders left in the countryside. They're pretty much just calves. And last week, calves were called anywhere from 5 to $10 lower with corn flirting with $7 a, bur- a bushel. So, you know, the environment's pretty tough right now, and there's a lot to manage. There's a lot to weigh through and sort out and figure out what this means. Because, you know, just because box high doesn't mean the fat cattle are going to high and just because corn's high doesn't mean the feeders have to be low because let's also remember and to some degree we're in a cow liquidation cycle so that means that there's less calves around the countryside for buyers to procure so we are going into a time frame where it's very interesting and we have so much to manage and we have so much to watch and monitor as cattlemen in this industry isn't one for the lazy at heart or the lackadaisical i'll tell you that shaley i always appreciate the comments the time the honesty the realism so i wish you and yours the very best this week and look forward to visiting with you next week hey thank you my friend and hopefully we'll have some higher prices to talk about but we'll report them real either way until next time thank you and take care I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. Beck, you wanted to come in and visit about uh, our famous last words. Oh, gosh, yes, I wanted to be a part of this one. Yes, I don't blame you. This is a neat story. So here a few weeks ago, we started our rodeo tour. We were in Oklahoma for a big bull ride. And many of you may have seen on social media, both Tigger and I were posting about being down south and and feeling so great to be out on the road again. Hallelujah. I was in front of the mic again. But... um, the neat part about this was on Saturday during the day, we had the, the mini bow riding, little mini bows for the kids brought to us by the World Championship Miniature Bow Riding Association. Want to be, give a big shout out to them and, and, and if you have not, and everybody. And sorry about that, Digger, no, but ahead. if you haven't been out to see these mini bowls, I'll grab the kids, the grab the grandkids, get out the there. Truck. I almost became aunt to every little no, kid out there. you almost became owner of a whole, well, you know, yeah. a whole trailer. That, that could still be happening. Still. You you haven't looked in the corral lately, have you? Well, oh, boy. <laughs> now, crew, I, I want to introduce you to somebody, and this is for our famous last words, Jacob Wright from Dodge City, Kansas. We're going to hear from him in just a little bit. Beck, t- tell us what, what's neat well, about Jacob. Well, Jacob Wright is a really special kid. He is autistic. Mm-hmm. However, what is awesome is he started riding riding these mini bulls himself and this has really done a lot for him it has brought him out of his shell it's building his social skills it's communication communication skills, yeah. skills he i mean this is and just he hasn't awesome. been riding very long he literally just kind of just started very recently so this is a a whole new adventure shall we meet mr jacob let's roll it jacob Wright. where are you from jacob Wright? dog city and you're a little bull rider yeah what do you like about bull riding? Uh, because it's like fun to do. How long have you been riding these little mini bulls? Um, this is like the, this is my ninth day. Now that was Jacob. We're going to hear a little bit more from Jacob here in just a minute. But I wanted to visit with his dad, Eric, about this process that Jacob went through of coming out of his shell. All because of just 
climbing on a bull. He was diagnosed with autism at uh, one and a half years old, and we've been fighting it for for almost eight years now. And uh, this is one of the things that he's just really opened him up, and he's become that he loves and he focuses and his attention's all on everything that we do and what we tell him and it's just opened up a lot of doors for him and it's better than video games and cell phones. Now when you say opened up does that mean he opened up in terms of communicating of sharing his feelings of or all of the above tell tell me what that means opened up it's more, it's more on his uh, social skills okay what he does with around other people and how he interacts with other kids and uh the kids around here have been great they've opened up to him just as he's opened up to all of them and it's just really brought jacob around and brought him out of uh being in a shell sort of speak and it's just it's been great for him well, he, he knew exactly what we were going to do because I asked Jacob before the boat ride, and I said, hey, Jacob, I said, can I do a little interview with you and put you on the radio? And he said yes, and he was gave me the thumbs up like he's doing now. And he said, yeah, I want to do that. And after he was done riding, he came right over and he hung out, I mean, literally behind me the whole time, waiting and ready for his chance to be on the radio. So now when you say social skills was before he was involved in this would have he done that, or would have he been a lot more shyer and reserved? I think he would have been a lot shyer and more reserved at that point. But when his brother started doing it, he had to be like his older brother. And he wanted to do what his brother does. And we, we kicked around the idea about it for a while, and we thought, you know, why not? He, he's different, not less than. Now, that was Jacob's dad, Eric. But we visited with Jacob a little bit longer, and he did have some final words and advice for all of us. One more thing. Don't. Don't don't get on a bull, the big ones, because they hurt pretty bad. Don't get on the big ones? Yes. Okay, wait a minute, but eventually you're going to get bigger. Aren't you going to want to get on a little bit bigger bull when you get bigger? No, I don't want to get on. I want to get on the small ones. Yeah, safety first. <laughs> safety first. How cool is that? Crew, let's wrap this one. A big thanks to Beck for coming in and sharing with us. Dr. Jordan Thomas with the University of Missouri. Shaley Stewart with Cattle Market News, and Eric Wright and his son, Jacob Wright. A big thanks to our partners, the American Semental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Ranch House Coffee, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel and Wrangler. And finally, crew, so glad y'all came with us one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to like, follow, and share with us across social media platforms, the Ranch It Up Show, our email. You can get a hold of me 24-7, of course. Ranch it up show at gmail.com. Call me 24-7. Leave me a message in the studio at 707-RANCH-20. Spread the good word. Join us again next week. It's always Tigger approved. Stay ranchy and ranch it up.